Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's a sportive Yodis B. John and Stu are both with me. Hi, John. Hi, Brandon. How you doing? Pretty good, Stu. Hello. Sup, yo. Ooh. Getting our urban contingent. Good for you. Not de- That was not a dad comment at all. That felt very oh, authentic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk twins, and we're going to talk some more baseball, and then probably get into some NBA finals, NHL Stanley Cup, and maybe a little bit of dad life after that. So uh, with that said, let's get a move on. Uh, can someone please talk me off the ledge regarding one Byron Buxton? Nope. Byron Buxton. Jump. No. Uh, sure can't. The Twins front office thinks that what you need to do is jump and everything will probably be fine. Yeah. I don't I I don't I, I don't feel like it would hurt all that badly. But the, in if you jump, there will somehow immediately be like a drone to come catch you. They'll that will be invented in the time from you jumping right. in between you dying. That's It'll exactly how out. this happens. We're counting on new technology to save you. On your way to the ground. In the next five seconds. It's yep. the only way. It's the only way. What, what are the, what's the other option? Not jumping? I don't think so. The funny thing is about Byron Buxton, who, if somebody's listening to this and doesn't know what we're talking about, Byron Buxton broke his toe earlier in the year. The Twins, he was on the disabled list at the time, but he was in the minor leagues. He broke his toe, so the Twins decided they he was going to sit out for a while, and then just sort of randomly they put him back in the lineup. And he's been limping around for like four straight weeks. And today they thought, you know what? Let's put him on the disabled list. This just doesn't doesn't look good. Like, it was the first time the front office turned on their TV in a month. And they're like, wow, who is that guy that's limping? Oh, he's on our team. Why? Who is that that's limping around? What's his name? Linda, come here. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Puxton. Uh, I feel like I've heard that, but uh, we, that looks, it hurts. I can, he's hurt. He's hurt for sure. We got to get him out of there. Man, why don't I watch these games? Yeah, you're not far off. It's not good. It's kind of funny that we, we spent years complaining about Terry Ryan, the, that administration, which would tell players to rest and rehab injuries that can't be fixed by rest and here we have one that can be fixed by rest and the new front office the new way of doing things thought let's not rest or rehab let's just put him in there and see what happens let's do neither of those things yeah Yeah, it's becoming a problem and uh i looked up his ops plus today league average is 100 any guesses (laughs) i i i i I fear that the number you are going to tell us is going to be a number less than zero. It's nine. It's nine. 
So not league average is what you're saying. A little bit lower than league average. It's like the Chuck Norris facts, but in reverse. Uh, another Byron Buxton fact, a sad one, is that he's played 29 games this year and he's gotten on base 17 times. Oh, no. If my addition is correct and I'm looking at baseball reference. Oh, yes, 14 no. hits and three walks. So maybe he's gotten on base a couple more times from errors, hopefully. So maybe 20 times. Has he been hit by a lot of pitches? He has not been hit by a pitch. And he's oh. not been intentionally walked. He's also grown into a double play. So it's probably even less than the... Yeah. Yeah, we're in, has, we're in trouble Has here. he been allowed to run the bases after the game? <laughs> they do... Yes, they do after they shake hands at the end of the game. He is allowed to run into the run around the bases and slide into home plate. And then he gets a free uh, popsicle Ooh. at the concession stands, which is pretty good. It's pretty cool. It keeps him coming back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has not. So last year he played 140 games. The year before he played 90 games. Is this becoming who he is? Tell me no. Well, he's 24, so... There's a long time for who he is to be discovered yet. Okay. He's, he's, do you think he's going to become cautious? I think that he's unlikely. I, I don't feel like having a broken toe is a sign that your toes are somehow fragile and weak and susceptible to being broken. You know what I mean? No, I feel like he's, he is, though, susceptible to running into things very fast. Well, I guess that's true. So that scares me a little bit. I want to bring Stu in here because I feel like he... I, I'm a little concerned about his safety. Like, he may have slit one of his wrists and he's <laughs> just bleeding out while recording this. Stu, is any of that true? Um, I think what's... Uh, Irv, Big Irv. Irv Santana. The same, um, the same piece that uh, Phil Miller put on the strip site... Uh, noted that not only did Buxton go back on the DL, but that they shut down Herb Santana from his rehab because he's going to go see a surgeon now. So, and they're currently getting fucking drilled by the Kansas City Royals. (laughs) Just absolutely beaten. So, uh, it's... Yeah, so I really probably didn't need to talk about the Twins right away. It's just... Man, it's it sucks right now. Which is weird and the the weird thing is the pitching with to the exception of tonight when Fernando Romero finally had a really bad rookie outing is that the starting pitching was excellent. Not just I mean like legitimately good starting pitching but the offense has just been been absent. They went out for smokes and they have not come back. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the uh, what has actually gone relatively according to plan this year for the Twins. I mean, because Maurer has been better than we thought. I guess him getting hurt is the thing we sort of could have imagined. Yeah. Dozier kind of sucks. Uh, Escobar is good. Is that what? That's good. Ed, yes, we, the two Eds are carrying us. Yep, They're, people are either way better than we expected or way worse than we expected. Because Rosario's been awesome; he's been really, really good, uh, better mm-hmm. than before, better than last year for sure. Kepler has been great. 
but Logan Morrison's been worse than we thought. Rob Grossman, yeah. I mean, put him out to pasture. That's been Rob point. Grossman. That's over. Yeah. Uh, Iray so, Adrianza has been Iray Adrianza esque. Adrianza. Uh, yeah. He's been, I guess, what we expected, but Barrios has been way better than I thought he would. Uh, really? I feel like Barrios has been about what we were. Well, I, I was going to say what we were hoping for, but I, I think that would have been the level of expectation for him. Yeah, okay, that's fair. I just think that he's been he's been really solid. So that's been... The, the one thing that's been surprising is that we expected him to be good, and he has been good. Yeah. And so the fact that we can't have nice things just doesn't square with Jose Barrios' performance this year. That's true. Uh, Gibson's been better. Old Gibby, it's too bad our friend Chicken Finger 69 has not been able to join us because, you know, he's a, he stands for Gibson. Uh, he's been really good. Uh, Lynn's been bad. I don't know. It's just been so up and down for everybody. I'm trying to look at, like, who has been about what we expect. Maybe Addison Reed. He's been really good, and uh, we expected that. That's That'll do it. That's That's about it. Yep. Yeah, man, this is just, yeah, this has been a, a rough stretch. A really, yeah. really rough stretch. When are, When is this going to be not rough? It's going to be Boy, a while, it's, right? It's, it's, it's precarious, isn't it? 2020? Yeah, it's, boy, that's getting, uh, it's, it's getting dire, guys. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know that it's going to happen this year. The Buxton's out is, for a month at least, right? I mean, he's out for a while. You got a big. You got to figure they got to give him till like you know probably July fourth to get get himself right. So he's for sure out probably for a be, long time. Polanco uh, for, is yeah. out until for another again another month or so, and Santana's out for yeah. at least a month. So they got a month plus of yeah. Can Can you guys talk me down? Just tell me, and I know you don't have any information. You're not doctors. You're not in the know, but I just need someone to tell me that Joe Maurer's career isn't over. You know what I mean? Like we haven't seen the um, last of Joe Maurer, right? He's going to play baseball no, um, again, right? Um, the one, the one, the one positive from Miller's story is that Maurer uh, is doing better. They expect him to play tomorrow. Oh so wow, that, great! Okay, that is yeah. that is a good thing. Yeah. Pretty so, much uh, when I saw you was having neck soreness and sensitivity to light, I was like, ah, crap. That's the end. Here we go. Neck soreness, sure. Sensitivity sensitivity to light, that's that's the danger that's zone. That's, that's real bad. Really yeah, bad. That's <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, do you want to – we don't want to – should we Should we be done? I, I, yeah, we can, I we can say, move on, I think. I want to say this. The reason that – there's still a reason to have cable television or something for the summer is that the Indians have been pretty bad as well. Yes. And the unfortunate thing is, you know, the Indians are going to come back and they're going to end up winning 90, 95 games. So the twins really needed to take this opportunity and be about 10 games up on Cleveland at this point. And instead they're what? Seven games back, four games back. I don't even know, I guess. Well, I think after tonight they'll be either seven or eight games under five hundred, right? Uh, which is which is bad. It's not good. It's bad. Um, Cleveland, I, th- I know, ran off a four or five game winning streak earlier this, yeah. uh, like last last week into this week. 
so, so yeah, that's and there's no chance of them getting into the wild card race unless they win 15 or 20 in a row. Yeah, because Boston, New York have one wrapped up, and the AL West is going to get the other one. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's Houston it's, is amazing. Bleak, Seattle's man. been playing well. Los Angeles is good. I, it just feels like it's not even June, and already they have no chance. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, gonna, it's good for people who want to get good seats to a good baseball uh, park this summer, but yeah. not necessarily for anybody if, who wanted a pennant race. If you got a lot of work scheduled this summer, like some projects around the house, or maybe you've always wanted to learn Italian and you thought this summer would be the time to do it, yeah, I think I think you're gonna have some free time. I got I just, a lot of free I got a lot of free nights on your schedule this summer. I, I like the concept of people with thick Minnesota accents trying to learn Italian. <laughs> Giorno. Is that a gabagool? Is that a gabagool? (laughs) Sorry, I. So bad. It's all so bad. Mm -hmm. And it's such a fluky year that it's not like, hey, you know what? Let's sell off a bunch of prospects at the deadline and start over. Because you can't do that either. It's just um, purgatory. We're in purgatory until further notice. Yeah. This is hell. Cool. Great. Yes. um, Cool, cool, cool. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but the one good team is also struggling. They're off to, like, their worst start in five years. I think the Lynx are, like, two and three. They are two and three. (laughs) Yep. Which which you called in our last episode that uh, they're getting pretty old. Things will probably go south for them this year, too. So, (laughs) Well... That was partially based on what I know of the Lynx, which is they've sort of transitioned from veteran team to old, which is which can be fine. I guess I don't know enough about the WNBA to know whether an old team can still succeed. And if I was a betting man, or I guess if it would be more accurate to say if the Minnesota legislature had gotten it together and legalized sports gambling already this summer... I would still put money on the Lynx to make the playoffs this year, but it certainly is not like the last few years when you sort of started the year with a legitimate thought of, I wonder if they actually could go undefeated. I don't think a basketball team can go undefeated, but maybe this team could go undefeated. Wouldn't that be something? So Correct. So, yeah, I it's it's going to be different this year, I think. Yeah, already is. Okay, I want to move on. I want to talk about an article in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal. He um, interviewed baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. Uh, this is, you guys... I just want to point out, this is going to be like when TV podcasts discuss stuff that's on HBO, and, and the people who can't afford HBO are like, well, fast forward, here we go. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> You don't have to have read the interview. And yep. so my first question is, have either of you read it? John, it sounds like a no from you. No, I have not read it. Okay. Stu, have you read it? I can't read, as we've discussed on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. It was so sad. Uh, All right. Well, there we, are... Why did we forget about Stu's illiteracy again? I know. Damn it. I'm it's so, so sorry. We always get distracted so by talking about butts. So what are you going to yeah. do? 
All right, so there's uh, some ideas in this interview uh, that Ken Rosenthal brought up that because uh, Rob Man, Man, I don't even know how to say his last name, Manfred, I believe, um, is kind of known for a dude who wants to change things up a lot, and now people are freaking out a little bit of like, is this dude changing too many things? So anyway, they talked about a lot of them, and I will tell you what Manfred thinks, but then I want to hear your point of view, and we're going to go back and forth, lightning round. I don't want to belabor the point because there's 10 issues here. I don't want to spend too much time on either one of them. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, Pitch clock. Rob likes it and really thinks it's going to be good for the game at some point. He's not sure when or how they're going to implement it, but he thinks it's a good idea. Pitch clock. Are you for or against? Completely 100% for. I have been to many minor league games that use the pitch clock. It's way better. All of baseball should have a pitch clock. And if you don't think so, you're wrong. I love that. Okay, we're moving over to Stu. Um, another question that was brought up was uh, limiting the defensive shifts. So similar to, I don't know if they do it in other sports, but hot, or for, excuse me, basketball for sure, there's illegal defense. So you're just not allowed to play a certain way. So this might be potentially you can only have a certain amount of guys on one side of the base, etc. Rob had no comment on this. Uh, what do you think? Are you for or against defensive shift limits? Um, I think it's fine if, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, Mr. Fingers uh, stance on bat flipping is that it's, if you go too far, it's sort of self-corrects cause you're going to get a uh, 97 mile per hour fa- fastball in the back of your neck. Um, if you overshift, people just start hitting to the opposite field or whatever, you know, you're playing against, they'll just start, you know, it'll, it'll fix itself. I don't think it's a thing that needs to be fixed by MLB. Does that that's make it, sense? It does make sense. And that's like actually exactly what uh, Manfred brought up, which is what he is surprised that that hasn't started happening yet. He said, if they, you know, it will fix itself because people will start bunting. And if you look at the numbers, there's been a bunch of dudes who have figured out, like if, um, Sano or whatever, some sort of Logan Morrison can figure out how to get a bunt down, even at an average rate, not even a great one. It's still smart for him to bunt every single time they do the shift. But it's one of those things like stealing on John Lester. For some reason, they cannot convince themselves that it's a smart play, so they don't do it. So he said that he was surprised that that has not fixed itself yet. So he said no comment, but uh, they're going to wait for a little bit and see if they have to do something about it. So we'll see. Um. Jonathan, uh, mid-inning pitch change, uh, just not allowing it, for example, would be one thing to do there, or limiting them in general. He, again, gave a no comment on this. Bastard. Slimy bastard, not answering. What are your thoughts on limiting mid-inning pitch changes? Pitching changes. I think that it would lead to an incredible spike in the number of mid-inning injuries to pitch <laughs> i was gonna say you have to somehow like if you get pulled mid-inning you can't pitch for three games or something right because otherwise right you be like well shoot i i hurt my finger finger hurts i gotta go it's not like you can go on the disabled list either you have nope. to you literally have to just sit on the roster taking up a roster spot for three games three games yeah something like that um I understand that that's annoying, um, and it does take way too much time. And even something as simple as allowing warm-up pitches is a little weird. You don't do that in any other sport. Um, So who knows? Uh, 
But yeah, you'd have to figure that out. So good one. Okay. Uh, what's uh, okay? This is another one. It's not really a rule change, but it's. Do you think this is an issue or not, Stuart? Um, competitive balance. So they also talked about there's what six or eight teams this year that are all out tanking. Uh, do you think that's cause for concern or not? Uh, boy. No, I don't think so yet. I, I, it's a nagging thought to me, but I don't think anything needs to be done yet. But um, I can see why people would be starting to get leery of it. Yeah, and I also am not, and maybe you guys know more than me, I'm not 100% sure on why so many teams are doing it right now. I mean, they're not tanking for a player, which happens in other sports. Is it just because they, is it more about the profitability of taking some of the revenue gains and making their owners a shitload of money in a summer where they probably weren't going to be good anyway? I mean, they only get draft um, higher in the draft for tanking, right? There's no, like, they don't get extra international pool money. No. Right. And, I mean, you could say that they saw what Houston did. Houston was a joke yep. five, six years ago, and now they're world champions. And the and Cubs they the year before. Tanked. Yep. And they basically tanked. But, I mean, they, you know, got a lot of money, were able to invest. They actually did the right thing. They invested in their farm system. And we're able to add pieces, and like you know, you, now they have like Justin Verlander, and they have the best pitching staff on planet Earth. So I mean, it's it makes sense to follow that path if you are staring down the barrel of a division you have no chance of winning. Yeah. Um, it's I think it might be fair. I, I'd, I'd want to talk to a White Sox fan first, but it seems to be the path they're following as opposed to whatever the fuck Detroit is doing. Um, <laughs> uh, I, so, yeah, because, I mean, Chicago, I mean, Detroit's just kind of, I think they have the same record as Minnesota, but Chicago is really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, super going to be, they might, you know, get somewhere in that 59-61 axis. Um, but they're going to get a really good draft pick this year. They're probably not spending a lot of money on the team. They can roll that into, you know, uh, international players, what have you. Um, or maybe, just maybe, somebody hires, you heard of here first, baseball Sam Hinkie. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's probably the it's probably the Houston guy is baseball Sam Hinkie. Maybe they weren't bad for long enough. I don't even know if you can be one, but I think if you're gonna if you're gonna trade away a bunch of the good players, you should have a rule in the bylaws of MLB that you need to go out between every inning and t-shirt cannon like 600 t-shirts out every single for every fan. Like that's the only reason fans yeah. love that shit. It's the only reason they're gonna go to yeah. the game is t-shirt cannon every inning, and every fan's gonna end up with four to six shirts per game. Food giveaway, like every you know, after every third inning, every pitching change, like Dairy Queen in the third, Chipotle in the sixth, pizza when you go home. Yeah, it's just you've got to just uh, you want the fans leaving like 
with extra t-shirts and probably at least adult onset diabetes. I think that's really got to be your end goal. They deserve both. Otherwise, there's, what's the point? They deserve both, really. Shirts and diabetes. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, can, I, can I just break into this topic for just a second? Because I need, I need John, your guys' help. You two are the people I need help for on this topic. How important... Important is the wrong word. Famous is also not the right word. How big is the band Imagine Dragons? <laughs> what a and we'll uh, we'll get to we'll get to why in just a second. My sense uh, is they are pretty damn popular at this point. Like, are they the most popular band in the world? Um, they're probably the most popular band in America. Is that true? Bands yeah, are not popular uh, anymore. So nowadays, it's yes. it's like rappers and singers and artists. There's bands are just not a thing anymore. So yeah, rock rock bands are pretty few and far between. So yeah, imagine. And I mean, they're a pretty constant presence on. They're like the rock band that KDWB will play. Right. They are constantly being played at sporting events, at my kids' dance competitions. Um, Piper actually danced to one of their songs. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Her dance was great, but it, that song, <laughs> that song just just ate it entirely. Ugh. So you guys, so yeah, they're 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 pretty big. You guys are both music nerds. Uh huh. Can yes. either of you yes, we are. name the lead guitarist of the band Imagine Dragons? No. Okay. Uh, Absolutely I not. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup. I I couldn't tell you how many guitarists there are i couldn't tell you how many guys are in the band or if it's even guys i know there's a guy lead singer you could tell me it's surrounded by like nine women and i'd believe you i have no fucking clue i just know that i know like six of their songs and i can't get away from them there's nowhere for me to go (laughs) so here's the reason that i ask these questions i i'm i have the stanley cup finals on and in between periods of game two NBC saw fit to interview a celebrity, which I assume is a fairly constant thing. Like at the Super Bowl, you could interview anyone or a big boxing match. Every A-list celebrity is there. NBA Finals, nothing but A-list celebrities, popular musical acts and stuff like that. So I, I obviously don't have the sound on. So they cut to this interview and the game is in Vegas and I thought they were interviewing David Blaine. But it turned out it wasn't David Blaine at all. It was Wayne Sermon. The lead guitarist of Imagine Dragons is named Wayne Sermon. And what I wanted to know and why I wanted to ask these questions is just how far down the list of celebrities did the NHL have to go and did NBC have to go to find somebody who was going to be at this game to interview? And it sounds like the answer is somewhat far but not quite as far as I thought. I All guess right. I, I, my my sense is you're probably still overestimating the popularity of rock music. That to me, the person you just named, that's really really low on the list. My my thoughts. Yeah, that's not. Uh, it's not. They even would a, have been better off. Not even yeah, a list of celebrity. Like, no, I think like one of those like you know cowboy hat jerks. Uh, from the CMAs who isn't quite a Keith Urban or a Luke Bryan, like that notch below, like Cody Freedom or <laughs> Cody. Colin Flag, no. Flagstripe. 
It's Cody Freedom. So one sure. of the one, yeah, yeah, one of those dick slaps. I think that would have been a better get than lead guitarist for Imagine Dragons. All right, final question: Is the band Imagine Dragons from Canada? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. No, that's where Nickelback is from, John. Oh. Yeah, they only because that the would band. explain everything. Because usually you can count on Canadian Canadian pop culture figures being at the Stanley Cup Finals, but in this case, I just don't know what was going on. All right, I'm sorry to break in. I just had to know right away. Please carry on, Brandon. <laughs> I have just been informed. I've got my finger in my ear. I've just been informed by our producer, who's me, uh, via Wikipedia, that Imagine Dragons are from Vegas. From Vegas. Well, that makes sense. There Vegas you go. Vegas. So, and uh, Wayne Sermon, who you mentioned, not only is he's not he's listed as the second uh, member of Imagine Dragons, so they couldn't even get the best guy from the band. <laughs> oh no so that's weird that's pretty weird um we we go live to our music correspondent the drummer from i need i need some help here the drummer from def leopard smash mouth def <laughs> smash mouth <laughs> uh um, that's sad. That's real sad. Told me. All right, so we're gonna let's keep moving. John, you're up for the Manfred thing. This is clearly a right. bad bit. If you tried to stop me, and now I'm going right back. To no, it. I'm very. I'm sorry. enjoying this bit. We'll uh, we'll keep we'll we'll move quickly. Uh, robot umps for the strike zone. Uh, is, Manfred, is that possible? Manfred loves it. He actually said that they the uh, pitch FX or whatever the actual data is that's owned by the Major League Baseball has gotten incredibly. Um, uh, precise, at least, especially in the past year, for some reason. I didn't know that. And he said that he thinks that would be a huge win. This is very shocking to me. But his big concern is if you had an umpire still standing there and just basically like reading off what the thing beeps in his ear to say, uh, he thinks that that home plate umpire would have trouble managing the rest of the game. Like authority managing wise. it how? <laughs> I, that's that's why I brought it to you. I don't know what he means. <laughs> um, perhaps I, I I have never played Major League Baseball, so I guess I can't speak intelligently never? about are you sure about what the home plate umpire does to quote unquote manage the game. 
However, from watching them on television, it looks like basically nothing. So I would say Rob Manfred <laughs> is an idiot, and let's just – Robot Umps is a great idea, and if it's possible today, then it should happen tomorrow, or everybody involved should be fired. I think maybe he was being nice to the umpires union or whatever the umpire association is to to say, hey, I – I understand some other concerns. Maybe like the umpire between innings is like, all right, guys, hurry it up. And then he's just afraid that all the players are going to be like, shut up, idiot. All you do is read off a computer or whatever. But that's not <laughs> that mean. That's nothing to me. That means absolutely nothing. Less than I nothing. am. I am pretty concerned about umpires getting their feelings hurt. That Being is something that worries me. Yep. But yep. while we're at commercial, time, no less. Yeah. At the same time, I'm going to go ahead and there's still plenty to do as the home plate umpire. Somebody's got to call foul tips. Uh, what about swings. brushing off the plate? Play up. I mean, plays at the a plate. robot could never do that. Somebody's got to be the guy who gets to be on TV when the manager wants to make a double switch and everybody, <laughs> clueless color guys on broadcasts across the, across the country make wrong suggestions about what's happening. Well, I think this guy is, maybe he's arguing, is he asking for a, well, we're between innings, it can't be asking for a review. All of this while the manager has the lineup card out in his hand yeah. and is pointing to things. Right. And this color guy is, well, I think he's he's showing him something. It appears to be a piece of paper. Possibly, well, does it have the lineup written on it? I can't see it. We'll see if we can get new. a better camera angle. This is new, right. yeah. What about the need to point down to one of the other umpires to see if he swung or not? Robots can't well, do that. Yeah. How are you going to get a robot to do that? Not possible. Okay. So anyway, I thought that was very interesting that he's for it. So maybe that will actually happen in our lifetime. I'm still skeptical. Okay. Stuart. Yo. Uh, how would you feel about a new baseball that's already sort of tacky. Sort of got a little grip to it. Awesome. Great. Cool. <laughs> this actually was a big part of the article because they did some sort of commission to figure out why the home runs are not being hit as much as they were last year, and they figured out it was reduced drag. I'm doing sarcastic air quotes because... Manfred is like putting his hands up like, I have no idea what that means when they actually are probably fucking with the ball every single off season, you know, when they build these things, he thinks that it's because, and again, this is a serious conversation. They're using different mud nowadays to, to scruff up the balls, different mud, same river, same <clears throat> bank of the river, but a little bit different. So that's what his theory is. And he said, maybe we just have a new baseball that's already tacky and they won't have to worry about it anymore. So that's an actual conversation that happened with our commissioner. All right, let's move on. Jonathan, uh, how do you feel about a shorter schedule? I'm pretty much in favor of a shorter schedule. I don't know. I yep, don't think he's... there's any anything special about 162 games. I guess, Especially since a lot of the other years were played with 154 games. So it's not right. like it's absolute precious uh, number. So he thinks 154 uh, sounds right, but the players' union has a lot of resistance to that. They think they'll make a lot less money. So, um, so that's that. And I'm going to be done with the other one. He talked about expansion. He someday wants 32 teams, but there's a long time for that to happen. And the last thing he talked about was gambling. And basically, he's just a realist at this point. 
along with the rest of the other commissioners knowing that it's a reality and it's going to be a thing. So um, I don't know if we've I, talked about this yet. I but, feel uh, like every commissioner has to make the same noise, which is, oh, gambling. I, I I really don't think our game needs something that's going to keep a lot of people interested in the games. That would be terrible for I us. I know. Just a new reason to be involved. Ugh. Ugh. Yuck. But Gross. you can't come right out and say, yes, I want people to bet on baseball games because it just doesn't sound or feel right. So nobody exactly. says that. So we're just going to do the dance, and that's going to be fine. Yeah, um, that's fine. I, I believe that we've talked about it on this show, but I can't remember. I've been drinking. Um, John, are you going to be, are you going to be betting on games? You're going to be betting on Uh, games, right? Yeah. I, what I said last time we talked about this was I was hoping the three of you guys would agree on whose house I could move into when my wife inevitably throws me out of the house for losing all our money betting on sports. So, um, are you a guy that I'm still looking for a spot? So I gamble on games illegally. And, um, of course, <laughs> you have been drinking. I'll tell um, you guys what I take cocaine and drive a car all the time, <laughs> all the time. Here's my license plate. Try Do you to guys stop want me. drugs. Should we just conduct our drug deals over the podcast? No, um, I have a offshore account. I have like $200 in it. So it's not like it's a huge thing or whatever, but, um, but I've also been to Vegas and I've, uh, been betting on sports out there and i have a friend uh who is i think into sports at the similar amount as i am but he definitely gets more of a charge out of winning than he does get sad about losing so he is a lot more active in in sports gambling i'm the opposite like a win feels good but a loss feels worse to me so i know that i'm never really going to get that that into it so I'm wondering if you know yourself gambling on whatever blackjack or craps or betting with your friends on this or that. Do you get is this more of a, a higher high or the lows lower than the highs? Well, I well, I would say that with everything else, I'm like you. Like I don't play blackjack or poker or anything like that because the fear of losing is far greater than the thrill of winning. It's well, not even you'll be close. Fine. Yeah, but um, if I can like stop somewhere on the way home or use my phone to bet on sports, pretty much, I I think we've proven over all of the things that I'm semi obsessed with in the sports world that giving me another reason to be obsessed with things is not a healthy thing for me or my family. So true. You are in trouble, no matter what. I was hoping that you'd say like, ugh, I. But you are already prone to caring way too much about things right. in sports that you shouldn't care about at all. I mean, you right. shouldn't care about these things, and you do. I'm dangerously eccentric. What can I say? John or Stu, what about you? Um, it would be problematic for me as well, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's the temptation of like you know, saying, I got a good feeling about this game, or I got a good feeling... The worst feeling, of course, is I got a good feeling about this three-team multi-sport parlay. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work, that's, that's this. I got twenty bucks burning a hole in my pocket. I can the return on this. You know, if I take the under on these three uh, different events, uh, this is two hundred and forty bucks, and it's it's a done deal. And of course, it never works out. So I would, um, and you do it, I can, and I do it every day for a month. And that ends up being real money. 
I can I concur with Stu in that I would not be able to resist the potential thousand dollar payoff on a five dollar bet or whatever. And so I would mm-hmm. constantly have like, all right, I got Vegas to win by two or more goals. I need the Cavaliers to score forty three or fewer points in the first half. I need Simon Yates to finish third or higher in the Giro d'Italia bike race. And I got I got to get three out of the top ten right in the NASCAR Bush years this week. If yep. all that comes together, I'm in the money, fellas. I'm in Phil the Mickelson. Money. I got Phil Mickelson finishing 73rd or better. Yeah, that'll be good. And I got <laughs> and I got uh, Wayne Sermon to finish in the top three Wayne of <laughs> the Celebrity Home Run Derby. And I got Wayne Sermon on American Idol next year. He has to be yep. on American Idol next year. Oh God! Yeah, it um, it's interesting, but the the reaction of winning and then the reaction of losing, I think, will tell you a lot about yourself really quickly. And uh, no, I I definitely have the losing feels so much worse than winning uh, when gambling. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because I think a lot of the actual professional professional gamblers are just so goddamn excited of like how many more chumps are going to be around for me to take all of their money. And uh, I think they're probably right about that. Now, they don't e- they won't even have to move to Vegas now. Eventually a state that's not awful will legalize sports gambling. <laughs> right now it's like Nevada and New Jersey. Nobody's yep. excited about being in Nevada or New Jersey, but like Texas or Florida or California is going to legalize it, then it's going to be over. Well, it's that, and then there's, like, legal marijuana. So, like, the Venn diagram finally just overlapping <laughs> in one state, and then just everyone lives there now. <laughs> oh, Montana. All right, here we go. Let's all, all head out there. Always wanted to see, let's see, Helena? Is that right? Missoula. <laughs> I used to... My my go-to random trivia question for a long time was name more than three towns in Montana. And I've never met anyone who could do it. Oh, God, no. Nope. No clue. Okay, so that's that's our gambling talk. That was good times. Uh, all right. Does any Do either of you want to talk about this Brian Colangelo Sixers saga? Do you know I what this is? Besides how hilarious it is? I mean, it's just the funniest thing that's ever happened. I mean, it's close. I know that I mean, our friend Chicken it, Fingers was trying to take it for like an actual serious news piece today, which I felt a little bad about because this is we're just in this one for the yucks. I mean, nothing actually happened or nothing actually matters on this one. This is just a very funny scenario. Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday, May 30th, late. And I just checked the old Twitter.com before we went on. And it sounds like some of, there's five accounts that have been tied back to Brian. And now they think three of them have been run by his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's good. That's yeah. better. Yeah, it's good. It does explain a lot of things. Um, the, it makes the like sticking up for his shirt collars... More endearing than it than pathetic. Still pretty pathetic, but a little bit less pathetic if it's your wife sticking up for you. It's 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 charming in yeah. a way. It's actually um, it's actually kind of sweet if it's his wife sticking up for his shirt collars. 
It is, yeah. Especially if you envision like maybe she bought them for him, and she's just or like, maybe, "Shut the fuck up! Right. They're great," you know. Uh, so who knows? Um, so this, so the saga continues. Is all I can say at nine thirty at night um, on the thirtieth. But it has just been so fun, and just watching the internet sort of collectively get to work on a mystery is a very underrated fun thing. Um, specifically about Twitter, I think, because that's obviously more likely to be shared than anything else. But it's just a very fun thing to see, and it doesn't happen very often. Um, Kevin Durant's burner accounts being found out last year, again, one of the most fun things in the whole world to to discover some of these things. But I have just been I have just been tickled for 24 hours straight about this story. It's just it's making me so happy. It's so nice when the collective internet hive mind is harnessed to embarrass goofball NBA executives instead of being used to, like, reveal the home addresses of female journalists or (laughs) whatever those video game people did. (laughs) Yes, this is so much better than Gamergate. Yeah. Oh, man. I I just can't wait to see where this ends because, again, the best part about it is it's Ultimately, I could regret this, but fairly harmless. I mean, he could potentially lose his job, and that's understandable when all these things get out. You you might have a hard time attracting free agents or what have you, um, or having any trust from your team from now on, now that they know what you've been saying to your wife and whether, whatever. Like, he might lose his job, but he's also a multimillionaire uh, trust fund kid who's going to be completely fine. It's just a very fun thing to be spending our energy on because you're right. The other times on Twitter.com, we're mostly talking about actual terrible things that are happening and society just being a cesspool of uh, of shit. So, um, yes, that's been very fun. And beyond that, that's kind of the only NBA news going on. I don't really want to talk about the finals that's going to be not fun for anybody absolute snooze fest will probably be a sweep um but the stanley cup that'll be good that's that's going on right now yes yeah how's tonight's game going john uh at the moment and i don't know why i'm saying at the moment because but once again by the time anyone listens to it (laughs) you will know you will know what happens in this game you know better than Uh, us but it's our famous bit Yep, Vegas won game one. Washington is currently ahead in game two. Uh, I don't see how anything bad could possibly happen to Washington in a playoff hockey game. So I'm going to go ahead and say they win. (laughs) Jonathan, um, who are you rooting for? Washington, 100%. There was a a funny tweet the other day from Megan Ryan, who's a Star Tribune, uh, Minnesota United um, beat writer, who said something like, who you're cheering for in the Stanley Cup Finals tells us who you are. For example, if you're cheering for Vegas, you're optimistic and believe the world is basically good. Whereas if you're cheering for Washington, you think that everybody should suffer and the world is a horrible place. And I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's about right. I am is... cheering for Washington, and that is what I believe. It is true, and it's a very odd thing to be so for it to be so obvious, but I do think that they are, should not be allowed to win. They just It just shouldn't be allowed. Part of sports is being miserable. 
They need to be miserable just like the rest of us. This is 100% unadulterated jealousy. I'm jealous of that, and I don't want it to happen. They're pretty close to winning the same number of playoff series in their first year as my team has won in the last two decades. So unfair. they can all go to hell. Every last one of them. So I was um, half listening to a podcast today. Um, it was the Bill Simmons podcast, which I why I rag on him. How's J doing? What what <laughs> stupid thing does Bill Simmons have to do before you're finally like, yep, that's enough for me. I don't need to hear from this moron anymore. I will say, did this. he guess the what? What lines did he guess? Did he guess any lines? <laughs> He's he is certainly somebody that I need to ignore on Twitter. He's a very he's very bad at Twitter. Um, but he occasionally has funny people on his podcast, or at least interesting people. Um, so I was out. I, I ran out of my other podcast, so I was listening to this one because he does, and he is a smart basketball guy. I'll give him that. But today they started talking about hockey. He had a guy on uh, one of his stupid friends, of course, um, and they were <laughs> yeah, just who would ever ra- do a podcast with their stupid friends? <laughs> they were. Just ragging on the NHL for having this expansion go through anyway. And I couldn't really understand the gist of it. Again, I just sort of half listened to it and was skipping ahead. Um, But it sounded like even doing expansion to begin with was a terrible idea, complete just money grab while their actual um, league is still in the same shape or worse shape. Like they should have moved a team rather than expanded. I don't really understand the full components of it, but... They were just basically laughing at how ridiculous this whole scenario is, and I hadn't thought about it. John, do you have that same opinion, or do you understand the whole backstory of why granting an expansion team to Vegas seems to have worked out in some ways, but also completely screwed the uh, other teams in other ways? Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to agree that the best, most amazing, most interesting story to happen in the NHL since Ray Bork finally won the Stanley Cup. I think that's a bad thing for the NHL. I agree 100%. They never should have let this happen. It's <laughs> it, it's important if you're the NHL to never have an interesting or exciting story of any kind. That is what really makes a league. I think they were thinking it was not that, because it definitely has been good in that sense, because Vegas is a way bigger market than anybody really expected or at least more interested in hockey. I think they've got a ton of season ticket holders, um, but somehow it was bad. And an overall perspective from the finances of the league, considering a bunch of their teams are losing money um, and it's just making it worse. I, I have no idea. I was just curious if, if, uh, if the answer is that Bill Simmons is an idiot. I am 100% on your side on this one. Uh, I agree with that almost all the time. I genuinely don't understand any of those arguments. I guess I'm not informed enough to say they're right or wrong because I just don't know what they're talking about. Right, right. They're, they're It'd probably be like if, just... If they were saying that this was the NHL expansion was a calculated money grab to hurt the emerging power of the Swedish Hockey League, it'd be like, I, I legitimately don't know if that's right or wrong. Right. I guess it could be right, but also it doesn't seem right. And... It 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 could be really wrong, but I don't I can't specifically refute that. I have nothing. Yeah, well, yeah. I let's go with their morons. Okay, that's fine. That's fine with me. 
As I'm more than willing drinking. to make categorical certain statements about things that I don't know anything about. Speaking of that, John, great segue. Uh, did Perfect. you want to talk about uh, life as a dad? <laughs> yeah, let's do some dad life. The first thing I want to hear is how is baseball coaching going, Brandon? Well, I don't know where we left off. I've I've been away for a little bit. Um, so just to just for a quick refresher, in case anybody didn't hear the other podcast I was talking about it, uh, I have a six year old. He's playing baseball this year for uh, obviously for his little not t ball. They do a little machine pitch league, and they the association asked for coaches about a thousand times, and I said no every time. And then I went to the first practice and realized immediately that I had to coach the team because it was, again, all best intent, intentions by everybody around there. Um, it's very hard to watch other people try to coach baseball when you've played baseball for 33 of your 37 years like myself. So, um, yes, I've been helping uh, to coach and basically running those sort of things. And I have now just, just I think, and maybe it was that when we, when we talked about it the first time, I have gone from I am not going to coach at all to I am only going to coach my, t- my two sons from now on. There will be no other coach. And I'm actually <laughs> also secretly planning a coup for my entire association uh, to head up the whole thing because I can't take it anymore. Right. That's perfect. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, so I am going to try to because they start kids pitch at nine, and I'm going to do every single thing in my power to push that back to legitimately like twelve or thirteen. No <laughs> one needs to be pitching until they're at least that age. Right. It's a terrible, terrible thing, and I just cannot believe that they go through with it every single year. And for some reason, I mean, I'm not the first dad who played serious baseball. And watched his kid or you know his uh, kids teammates at nine or ten years old throw, I don't know, seventy five balls in a row in a game. And why haven't the rest of them been like, well, this is bad for everybody involved. Every single person here is bad for them. <laughs> I don't understand it. So I'm planning my coup already, Jones. All my right. oldest is only six, but um, I'm planning it. The best part of the whole coaching thing was one of my oldest friends, a guy I've known since before kindergarten, called me up because he listened to this podcast and that same week that you were going through this, he found out that his wife had signed him up to coach his five-year-old's team without him knowing and the first practice was that week and he couldn't find like a pair of shorts or his glove and so he had to go and coach the first practice in the first game without a glove or any sort of <laughs> athletic gear at all. Awesome. <laughs> oh, just just jeans and like uh and like the jeans uh, and like uh, a polo shirt. And a polo shirt and like wearing an oven mitt. <laughs> the fired in here, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. He I mean he's a good athlete, but he is not the most organized person in the world, so Oh boy. It's tough, especially at that age, too. I mean, it's essentially babysitting. They don't give a shit about baseball. I mean, they want to hit, uh, but they don't want to work to get better, obviously. I don't blame them at all. No one wants to play catch. No one wants to try to catch at all. Like, it's a ball flying at you. They're just scared to death. Oh, God, it's so painful. Just tell them, like, hey, Carter, it's Fortnite, but it's outside. (laughs) That's all you got to do. 
They'll think it's Fortnite. It'll be just easy. Just convince them that this will make them better at Fortnite. You're right, but that's like probably something no, no. you have to sort of convince them of like why this stuff works or why it makes should make them happier or whatever. It's it's a really really hard thing to try to put yourself inside the brain of a five year old. Right. It's hard to tell a five year old. Well, yes, baseball sucks, but so does life. So you're going to learn a lot about life by playing baseball. It's so hard. I showed up late to one of the practices, like a half an hour late, and the coach, uh, who I don't know, I don't think he listens. I'm sorry, um, was already in the middle of a, of a practice, and he had like a kid at every base or every position in the infield, and they were just going one by one, like, all right, third base, here's a grounder, throw to first, shortstop, here's a grounder, throw to first, and all the way around. And of course, the third baseman would get a grounder, throw it to first, and then immediately like just start playing in the dirt or whatever. And they just didn't really care. Or, and then they started doing a batting practice on a tee, but with other people playing position, right? So if you're, if it's a right-handed little kid up and you're at second base, there is no way this ball is coming to you. And even if it does, you don't have to do anything. There's no reason for it. So I showed up and I was like, all right, cool. We're going to have a contest to see who can get, whoever hits the ball, wherever it goes, I'm going to see how many I can get like ground balls and we're going to count, keep score. And then whoever wins, whatever. So all of a sudden every kid is engaged, but they're treating it like a 500 game where they're all just sort of running around and tackling each other, trying to get this baseball so they can gain points to, to win or whatever. And I thought it was hilarious, but I have to imagine every other one of the coaches that was there, the parents that were trying to do stuff before I got there, they probably hate my guts. Like they probably (laughs) legitimately went home of like, fuck this guy. We had, then that each position they're learning this and that, and he's trying to rile them up with this contest or whatever. So I don't know, man, I don't know if I'm making friends. I basically feel like the person in the reality show who just shows up and is like, I'm not here to make friends. That's who I am <laughs> as a coach right now. And, uh, but you need to have these little tiny competitions within every part of practice. Otherwise it's just, it's such a boring sport without them. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely probably making enemies in some way, but trying to make them have fun. So I don't know. It sucks. It really sucks. And maybe I said this in the podcast. The second worst thing in the world is um, is coaching T-ball, but the very worst thing in the world is watching other people coach T-ball. So, so yeah, I do it. <laughs> very That's happy for was. Hitler that he's down to – Hitler's down to three. Hitler's Good job, Hitler. Number three, Hitler. <laughs> Number two, coaching. Number one, watching other coaches. And I, I, I'm Brandon, and I stand by that list of that ornament. <laughs> Normally, when somebody says infl- something inflammatory, we write it down as a title of the podcast. But Hitler is down to three cannot be the title of this podcast. <laughs> Probably it's really not. bad for our SEO value. No, we can't do that. It really is. Oh boy. Uh, okay, that's my coaching update. Future coup. I'll tell you how it goes. Okay. All right, the other the other dad life thing I want because I feel like I need to get mentally prepared. I need some potty training horror stories because this is a this is a milestone, a stage of life that's coming for me. It's it's gonna happen. I don't feel like I'm mentally prepared yet, to be honest with you. I feel like I've got my head in the sand on this one. Like, well, it'll probably just happen on its own, right? Like. That's what happens. You don't have to teach kids things. They just learn them, even though they have no possible way to learn those things. 
Does your kid go to any sort of like preschool thing at all? No, she doesn't. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's a that's strike one because usually right. that's the nice thing about daycare is they will do it for you. Maybe not a hundred percent, but they'll get pretty close. So you might want to like immediately look for like a three day a week sort of deal. All right, um, I gotta I gotta purely... go because I gotta get my kid in preschool tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Is tonight uh, too late to register for preschool? I just drop her off. I just drop her off right now. <laughs> drop She'll her off fine. at yeah. preschool. Who's at this a preschool. Kid? I don't know, but we can't just let her stand out here. I mean, they're preschool teachers. They're like the nicest people on the planet. They'll figure right. it out. Just drop her off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a ton of actual specific horror stories, but I do know the feeling of having knowing that your kid is in underwear and then looking at them and them looking you deep in the eyes while they're clearly shitting their pants. <laughs> it is one of the most uncomfortable power moves I've ever experienced in my whole life. And it happened to both my kids. They would be playing, running around fine. All of a sudden they stand up. They're perfectly still. They look at me. I look at them. And then you see just like face getting redder and redder. (laughs) And then there's a grunt and they're still staring at you and their cheeks are shaking a little bit. And then all of a sudden they just like are done and you you both know exactly what happened. God, that is an awful. That's a terrible feeling, John. It it'll happen to you too. So just be prepared for that feeling of like I am I am just being owned by my kid right now. Just completely and utterly owned. Right. So I got to prepare for that feeling of disgust and revulsion and sheer white hot anger at a tiny little person who is like I'm going to stare you in the eye while I ruin your next hour. Because sometimes it's an accident, and that happens. There are yeah. other times where it, it is no accident, my friend. They know exactly what they're doing, and they know exactly how sad you're going to be about it, and they're doing it anyway. So just be prepared. And That's ha- to me and happy the, about it. That, yeah, yeah. That's the valley. That's the valley you need to to, to prepare for. Um, and I, I feel- don't think there's there's any way to underestimate the. Uh, how awful it is to clean out shit from your kid's underwear. I, it's just... Uh, I, I mean, am, it's worse than diapers. I, I don't feel... I'm not a rich man, but I see myself throwing those away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that happening. Of course you do. But that's not the point. The point is, you need to take them off your kid yeah. and somehow have like a plastic bag ready to go it's going to smell like, well, you know exactly what it's going to smell like. It's going to yes. smell like every diaper you've had, but worse. And it's just so in your face. And the disrespect, John, I can't overestimate <laughs> how disrespectful it is that they do this to you. It is unbelievable uh, what they do to you. And then you got to clean them up. And obviously, it's squished all over the place. And it's just a horrifying mess. Um, John, I, I just don't know. I don't. I would just say, um, and maybe you've heard this plenty, uh, and maybe you're going to try yourself, but go a little bit slower than you want to go on this. All right. You know, like really take your time. They know when they're ready. All parents want to push their kids because they're so sick of diapers, and they think their kids should be ready. We definitely did it with both. Well, for sure with Fitz. Jones had a really good preschool teacher who kind of did. 
probably 75% of the work for us at that point. But Fitz was certainly like, hey, we think it's time. And he was like, nope, here I go. So he <laughs> was just not ready. And we kind of figured it out after a little while. But there was definitely a few bad moments getting to that point. So it's a hard thing as a parent, I understand, for sure. To be like, nope, they're not ready. But uh, All right, I well, I have to be honest. I was hoping one of you, maybe both of you, would tell me that it was easy and it was going to go great. But I understand that that was probably too much to hope for. Well, Stu, could you maybe do you have experience experiences of it being not so bad? Well, again, uh, it's not as fresh in my mind as it is for you, Brandon. But um, I recall it not being terrible. I recall what I can't remember which one left a turd, like took a turd out of her diaper and left it on our nightstand. <laughs> I recall it. And I didn't find it until I was setting up my alarm clock for the next day. And I thought, oh, that, that, that's a poop. Oh, no. Yeah. So, but I can't, God, I can't, I can't indict either one of them because I can't remember because it's been so long. I think so it's long. probably important, given that your daughters are both old enough to download and listen to this without you knowing about it. I think it's probably yeah. important that you not try to name either of them. As yeah, the let's keep yeah, it. I think, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll, but, um, you know, they were fine. It's, you know, I, there might, I don't know if there's a gender difference or not, but they were once they were ready to go, they were ready to go to uh, big kid pants instead of uh, cruisers. I suppose, John, that potty training is very similar to parenting in general in that it is overall probably not as bad as most parents make it out to be. But we only talk about the really bad times like the turd on the nightstand. Um, yes. It was mostly that can't be just... a show title. Sorry. Should be, but it can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it probably can't. Um, it's just a little bit more exhausting than it is like horrifying. It's, it just takes a, a pretty pretty long time. And I would say the, uh, the nighttime pull-ups sort of thing, leave them in those things forever. <laughs> Until they're yeah. 12. Fitz is three and a half, and he's still, we force him into those things. And even though he's dry most of the time when we wake up, we do not care. Like, it's <laughs> it's not changing anything for him. He still knows how to go during the day. So that's one thing. I also had a friend who did a pretty genius thing. Uh, it's a coworker of mine. So when, uh, when they're in the phase of they're wearing underwear, but they're still a little bit potential for wetting the bed, you get those, like, rubber sheet things, you know? Yep. Um, so her kid, she figured out every time he had an accident, he, it would wake him, it would wake him up and he would come into a room and be like, Oh, I had an accident. And then she would change him. And then because his bed was wet, he got to sleep in uh, their bed. And she figured out after a while, like, wait a minute, I think this kid is like peeing his pants on purpose so he can come sleep in our bed. Right. Or maybe not on purpose, but it was like just sort of a thing. So what she did is she double plastic sheeted the kid's bed so she would have plastic sheet sheet plastic sheet sheet right so then the kid would come in in the middle of the night and go like oh i uh i went to bed can i come sleep with you and she'd like oh no 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 let's go back into your room and she'd just rip off the first layer dry bed underneath and he would have to get back in bed and it like completely solved him of all those issues so you may want to consider that at some point because i think that's pretty genius i'm just gonna have like a 
a stack of blankets and extra sheets, and <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it on a blanket and another sheet. Yeah. It's fine. Be layer up. as much as you want, kid. You're not getting out of here. Yep. Yeah. Layer up. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best I can do for you. It's it's not fun, yeah. but diapers are not fun either. So right. Sure it's, not. Really, the whole thing is not all that fun when it comes to um, waste elimination. No, and that doesn't go away, as you know. Nope, not ever. Nope. Sucks. <sighs> all right. That's some good dad talk right there. It is. It's great dad talk, and it's all it's all we had left on the agenda, so I think we're done. I think we're out of stuff good to talk solid, about. Good Alrighty. solid evening. I, I'm, I regret that uh, Dr. Fingers couldn't be here tonight. No, um, I, I believe uh, right. he won. He won his baseball game in a shutout, I believe, though, right? That's yeah, just apparently good coaching his, right there. Apparently, his son plays yep. in the 1969 major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't I can't remember how old his son is, but apparently there was a shutout involved, and I I never have seen that in every youth baseball game I've ever been aware of. That has never happened before. Maybe it was I mean, like a one-inning game. Yeah, sudden death. It must have been a sudden death game. First run yeah, scores. Or, like, or maybe he plays like in the Bob Gibson League. You know? <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just come out and glower at you if you attempt to like score a run or something. Mandatory knockdowns once per at bat. The mound is six yeah. feet high. Yeah, we need to investigate that a little bit more because a one to nothing yeah. for really any age is incredible. Uh, so who yeah. knows? Yeah, even in the major league, it's incredible. Never mind at yeah. youth level. Right, exactly. <sighs> All right, let's All right. punch out. Good talking to you, fellas. All righty. Okay. Good talk, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>